Persecution Podcast with Nick and Ruth Ripkin, where we equip you with biblical principles and truths and practices learned from believers in persecution to help you cross the street and cross the oceans with the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Anthony Ball, and if you're enjoying the Witness of Persecution podcast, if you've been impacted by it, influenced, blessed by this podcast, and now about a year and a half in the making, we want to be sure if you would do us a huge favor, if you would go and like and subscribe to Witness and Persecution on the platforms that you use to access your podcast. And also, if you would like uh, to leave a review, that helps us continue to get the word out, continue to spread a witness of persecution all over the globe. And Nick, you're joining me today, and we talk about this often, how many countries we are adding uh, week by week and, and month by month, and we're well over 100 countries where people inside are, are listening to this podcast, and we get feedback a lot. Nick, and I know that you know it because sometimes I get it, sometimes you get it. People write into the website, and we are seeing God do some amazing things uh, through these these truths and practices that we're, we've learned from believers in persecution and sharing uh, with our, our our global body of Christ. So, Nick, glad to have you today. Thank you, thank you. And I think uh, today I have to be right. extremely careful. It's a story I've never told. Uh, it's a story now that's uh, uh, 20-some years ago. And, and, and so here's the thing. I know that the people in the right. story are in a safe place. But because this story is being repeated over and over and over again, uh, like you'll uh, understand when we tell the story, it, it's very much in past tense. But it's just like it's in present right. active tense, too. It's still going on. And so while we can safeguard those that are in this particular story, we've got to be careful that we safeguard those that we haven't met. Mm. But we know this is still uh, replicating itself. Uh, That's right. That's right. On and a regular let, me, basis. let me ask you something, because you you brought up a really good point before we jump into the story. And I'm excited because it's a story that I've never heard before as well. So it's new to me as it's new to everybody that's going to be listening to this episode. But when you talk about safeguarding stories, of course, you know, the Insanity of God book, Insanity of Obedience, the movie, we're talking about um, stories from believers in persecution. Some of them are broadcast, you know, like Dimitri's story. Others, you're sharing principles of people around the world right. that may currently be in persecution or, or dealing with that. What's kind of a good rule of thumb? That's a good thing for audience to know. What's a good rule of thumb when when you have stories from believers of persecution? What's a good rule of thumb to say, here's a good time frame to not share the story. Here's a good place or time frame that's probably safe to share these stories. Uh, can you give us some quick insight before you jump into this one today? Well, let's just let's look at two places where we mm -hmm. did communism. Uh, we did Russia and, and then Eastern Europe and we did China. And so I'm very comfortable, while I still don't use their real names and I don't use their real uh, uh, locations, except right. use their, uh, sometimes I use their country, Eastern, all those Eastern European satellite countries that are non-Muslim uh, within the Soviet right. Union are safe to tell. Uh, but I, I, it's not safe to tell the Russian stories in such a way uh, that they're present active tense because uh, right. Putin has exactly. taken them back to the bad old days and he's been true to his nature and China's crackdown uh, on uh, those who believe is as worse now as it has been right. in, in a long, long time. Uh, usually they go in cycles every 10 years, but now they're in a cycle mm. that's lasted over 10 years. Man. And so the rule of thumb is, uh, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to address this. <laughs> Got ahead of you today. In the podcast, and I forgot. Uh -huh. and, and 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 give an Eastern European uh, example of of what a well-meaning uh, organization that reports on persecution did, hmm. but um, because they didn't follow these principles and these practices, uh, they got somebody hurt. For instance, Anthony. Uh, and this is this is just due to 30 some years of experience on the field and just the power of the Holy Spirit 
and letting believers in persecution set the, the, the agenda because someone wanted to see about a particular country whether what I had found, what we had found in interviewing mm -hmm. there was the actual truth. But rather than do it the way that we told him we had set it up, he just went to that country and, and, and just sort of let it be known. He wanted to uh, particularly interview uh, pastors who had experienced persecution. And rather than having uh, uh, 15 or 16 show up, uh, he, he had uh, almost, uh, wow. almost 100. And mm. it ended up 18 of them went to prison. Uh, many of them were tortured. Wow. And one of them was killed. Now, we've done, uh, as far as we know, we've done attempted 72 countries. We sat with about 600, 650 believers in the worst places on the planet. And as of today, starting those in 2000, in the year 2000, and still doing some today, except I'm not recording them. I'm not, hmm. uh, uh, you know, taking extensive notes because we're not learning that much that's news, but we want to listen to the stories to encourage believers that are in that story today and, and, and give them feedback and, and, and let them be, uh, you know, well, that they know that they're part right. of the biblical story and, and the biblical narrative that what has happened is happening and will always happen uh, to those who follow Jesus right. faithfully. Now you've uh, never really had a, a problem with right. when you've done these you interviews, you've never heard later that you caused any problems with those 600, 650 believers, I think, right? So far wow. we have not heard a word and, and they have ways of contacting us. If, if, if our presence there had caused someone to be arrested, beaten, uh, lost their property or something. We, it, it is just, uh, it is just a, a, a an intensive hmm. ten year of time, uh, a decade of time. Wow! A, a miracle from God, and, and and all the wisdom that all that field experience and learning language and culture, and letting local believers set the agenda, set the place, set the timing, set the time of day, hmm. you know, location, all of that. Uh, and, and let them control their security uh, situation. And as you see in the story, when they say right. stop and go, you stop and go. And so that the reason I'm calling this spiritual deja vu, because and if you look that up in, in the dictionary, uh, it is a feeling of having already experienced hmm. the present situation. And so what, what, what we we didn't know how to do it and we waited a long time and did a lot of research and talked to the few people that were trying to work in and out of this situation but we wanted to learn from believers in the most what i consider and people often ask us and i will tell them privately what do i think the worst place on earth mm. is this it's this place it's the most of demonic environment that I've ever felt the oppression on earth. But, and that is with me going to the border of this country, uh, uh, meeting with people uh, who had escaped across uh, uh, various borders and were willing through proxies to, to talk to me and, and, and also uh, uh, setting with some, uh, as you'll hear in this story, that had escaped far enough away that were willing to tell me more details of, of their story. But I, I want our listeners to know that, that it is the most demonic place that I have been on earth as far as, as feeling the oppression uh, against not mm. just believers, but yeah. everybody. Uh, the whole country is, is this way. But uh, in this situation... Uh, those uh, two decades ago, and I don't think it'd be any different today. Uh, I went up and down and went to the border as close as I could get, uh, or was allowed to, to go, uh, take in spiritual uh, uh, advice, uh, uh, go to the border, and, and then, as you'll see, 
working with people that have crossed that border and had been on the run, were on the run because of their faith. And and what I did, I went to, to some expat Westerners that I know and through a number of filters that I had to get trust within my own organization and other organizations uh, uh, to talk to them about how can I find out what believers are experiencing in this mm. country and, uh, 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 and and what was safe for me to say and write about, which I haven't said anything until today. And uh, I have written very little about it. And so it took me mm. months for these expats to con- uh, trust me and to sit with me and see what I was learning in mm. other places and what we had learned Ruth and I in other places, they didn't know about their own place. Mm, wow. That, that, that was wow. how hard it was to get to believers. Those who knew the language and were ethnically mm. the same people group were unable to get inside. And so they wanted to use us, and in this situation use me, uh, to learn more than that what they already knew. But they were very, very... Uh, 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 resistance at time. And so some of these were American, European-based, and some of these were what we call mm. near-culture Christians, but they were mostly the same uh, 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 DNA, just lived in a different place. <clears throat> now, what we've got to be so careful about is years ago, in, in a, in a, uh, uh, I, I was interviewing people in an Eastern European country as the Soviet Union was falling. And some, a well-known, active today organization that reports on persecution were talking uh, uh, to pastors particularly about their persecution in that country. And they said, well, it's just low-key stuff. It's like uh, they poke uh, uh, knives into the tires of our car and Mm -hmm. they break the windshield on our vehicles. And if, if we're walking down the street shopping, uh, some security guy will bump us and knock us off the curb and into, into the traffic. Mm. And, 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 and it's just this low intensity stuff that what they're doing to our children in schools and ridiculing our kids in front of a, an assembly full of other children and making them go to the principal's office and be ridiculed by the teachers and the principals because they're, their parents mm. are believers trying to separate the kid from it. And, and so this organization said, well, we've just got to tell the American church what's going on. They said, no, 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 no. This wow. is just normal stuff. This is harmless stuff. Uh, now, now, if they began to torture us unto death, uh, we'd like to make you, mm. y- y- you to make that known. Because if they're going to kill us, there's nothing worse that you could cause to happen mm. to us. Matter of fact, you might get us incarcerated for a long time, but mm. not killed in that incarceration. And, and, and they said, so we'll let you know when it's not just this low keyed stuff where they're picking on our children and, and, and knocking us off sidewalks and keeping us from having a job and on and on and on and keeping us from accessing resources from the West and, and, and Nobody in the West, especially this organization reported on persecution, would think that this was normal, low-key persecution because to them, this was unconsciousable. And, 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 and so they didn't do what they were told to do. They were told to keep the story to themselves, mm. but they wrote it up anyway. Now, this was taking place, Anthony, in the southeast corner of that country. So what they did, they literally, I talked to the organization that did this. They told me the story also. They confirmed it when I came back and called them. They stuck a pin in the map, literally did that in the Northwest opposite corner of the country and and, and chose the little city, the closest to that. And they wrote an article about what was going on to pastors and people of faith. And they said, We've made up this location. The city we're writing about, we've never been to. We've never talked to anybody. We don't know anything about it. We're just using it to tell the story 
of what's happening somewhere else in the mm. court in, in, in that country. So the security police oh, no. accessed the story when it came out. And, and what they did, even though they were, the article said, we've never been to the Northwest. This takes part place in somewhere else in the country. The security police went to the Northwest part of that country and found 17 wow. house churches and busted oh. all of them. Nobody mm. knew of them, but God. So you just don't do this kind of stuff. You, you don't, you, you, right. you don't play this kind of game. And, and when you're told uh, 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 to keep it to yourself and we'll tell you when you can release it, if it gets really bad, yeah. well, that's what you do. There, there's probably out of the uh, 650 interviews, there's 50 to 75. Really? We still haven't I didn't told. know that. Wow. And we, have, and we have no plans to tell it because of the stuff that's going on still wow. in present active tense and, and that we can't, we can't guard their children's children's right. children, then we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. And, and, and so that, mm. that's what I'm talking about. You just you can't stick a pin in a map and tell stories that's going on, you know, maybe 500 to 2,000 kilometers away right. in another part of the story. It just makes the bad guy go look. It just intensifies their look. And so these expats said, we'll have some guys meet you at the only tourist hotel that you can stay at on the border of these two countries, but we're not going to have anything to do with you. We're not going to, we, we don't want you, we don't want to, we're not going to be there on and on and on. But the thing is, you've got to be in a trusting enough situation to tell each other what's going on so right, it doesn't right. bite you. Because what I did, I left the capital city of this country, flew to a regional airport where I'd never been, got on a small plane that held 12 people, and it was me and the eight other people that I had been talking to that didn't want to meet me, and they didn't tell me oh, they were no. going to be on that plane, and we got on the same plane. Mm. And, and we got off and had to go to the same hotel. Wow. You see, you either don't do it or you do it enough with enough logistical information right. that you don't let things like this happen. Oh, yeah. Make sense to you? And, and so I flew on a small plane into a restricted border area and all those expat workers that I knew at that time were on that plane not giving appropriate information can get somebody hurt or get mm. somebody kicked out of the country and, and sent home. And so I went to the only allowed registered uh, a tourist hotel and they had set up, uh, you know, they went their separate ways. I, I never, I, I saw them at meals in that hotel. And, and the thing is, I acknowledged them because they were known to be from my country and I'm of course from my country and not to just say hi to each other mm. would have stood out like a sore thumb. And, and so you, you, you don't, you, you don't do a, a lot of stuff with them, but you just say hi and, but you say hi to anybody else that's there from Europe or, or your, your home country. And, and you don't single any, anybody out like that. And, and, and so I went to the only allowed tourist hotel and they had uh, uh, enough confidence in me that they gave me three local believers that were from the same ethnicity uh, but still near cultural Christians to work with uh, to get the stories of believers inside of this uh, demonic uh, spiritually mm. oppressed uh, country. And so they, they would come to my hotel room and they say, what, what is it that Nick that you want to know? And so I, I didn't just give them a list of questions. I just sit them down and we just got to talking and I led them to tell me their stories. 
and and the three of them got really involved in telling me their stories. And, and so when when uh, that first uh, almost six hours together ended, they said, "Well, Nick, now we need to know what questions do you want us to ask these guys in a refugee camp in a transition place between the two countries." Mm. I, I said, "You've already answered those questions." I want you to go and get their story the same way I got your story. And you didn't even wow. realize how much you gave me. And I went over their stories with them and said, now, here's what I learned. I learned this and this and this and this and this and this from your story. And they were just shocked that I could just repeat it. But when that's the beauty of the Old Testament, the four Gospels and the book of Acts, that the Bible in narrative can be remembered, mm. can be reproduced. Uh, right. can be assimilated, can be shared. And and that narrative is what is so important in telling God's story and especially right. telling God's story to non-believers. Romans to Revelation, that which we preach the most for is Christians talking to Christians. But Genesis through Acts is, the, is learning from people who are walking in darkness and they're the only light there. They're, it's Abraham and it's Daniel, it's Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and it's Esther, and it's Saul, and it's Paul, uh, who became Paul, and, 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 and the Ethiopian eunuch, and all those stories that you can reproduce right. at a drop of a hat. And, and when you hear those stories, wherever I am in the world, wherever Ruth and I have been, we said, we'll get back mm. and say, well, that's just like that biblical story. That's just like that Old Testament story. That, that's like that New Testament. But you usually don't get a New Testament story until there is a, a broad enough mix of believers that you're almost a Pentecost or yeah. you're on the other side of Pentecost, of a Pentecost-like experience. And so I met with three, three young men who I trained by listening to their stories and and. They learned more about themselves and each other's. And, and, and then what they would do, they would go to a nearby, uh, I don't know whether to call it a mm. refugee camp, a transition camp, an internment camp. It was something like that. And, and they knew. And so it was next door in between uh, these countries. And, and they would come back late at night and tell me all the things that they had learned and and they had heard, and, and I would listen to them, and I'd say, well, now, if you can go back tonight, uh, uh, now I want you to lead them to tell you more about this part of their story. Uh, there, there's, there, there's a gap either in what you led them to say, or you didn't hear them say it, or you forgot, but let's go back and let's look for this and this and this and this. Uh, if it's possible, as long as it's safe for you to, uh, uh, to be with them. And mm. so that's what we did for almost a week. And so it's the first time that I've done in-depth interviews and learning from uh, uh, believers in severe persecution through a proxy. But it's through a proxy that spoke the language, knew the culture, knew the environment, and had the proper filters in which to listen and, and, and to tell me what they've learned. And I would debrief them every night, ask them to return and listen for other things and, and, and basically lead them back through the narrative of their lives and, and cover whatever narrative gaps that, uh, that they mm. just had missed or, or maybe weren't relevant and, and they didn't know that. And so they, uh, of all the stories that they told me, and most of them I'm, I, I still don't tell, but since it's 20-some uh, years, it's over two decades in the past, and I know that everybody in the story is in a safe place. But I'm still going to hide their location and their names and their life situations for the most part because there's people exactly like them still right. in that situation and, and are in that story in present active tense. And, 
And that's the way that it, 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 it hmm. both evolves and revolves around itself. And, and so they, they had met uh, uh, three brothers in this transition, refugee, whatever kind of uh, uh, camp it was. They were three brothers who used to be security policemen uh, themselves. And in the course of their work, uh, they walked into uh, the interrogation station. It, it, it was not a police station. It's a security police station. And, and, and they're from a culture, as most of these cultures are, that honor uh, elderly people and, and, and have respect for them. But they saw some of their colleagues, it was their superiors, uh, torturing, beating with iron pipes uh, this old mm. 70-year-old man to, to death. And they said, we've seen all kinds of brutal things in our lives, but we've never seen anybody over 50 treated this way. And just the cursing and, 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 and they had tried to get information out of him and, and they couldn't. And they, uh, they were just horribly, emotionally, psychologically, physically taking this old man mm. apart. And these three brothers... Uh, listen to him scream and listen to the blows they thud into his body, listen to bones break and, and then uh, watch them wrap him in a bag and take him out and, and mm. burying him in an unknown place. And they just were, here they are security policemen and they're, they're now so disturbed by the brut brutality of their colleagues and so some weeks later, uh, they paid a visit, uh, and they're all still in country, uh, to their parents. And as they're quiet and, 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 and not they're usually, you know, uh, uh, mm. you know, laughing, telling stories, joking with one another selves, they, they just were troubled. And the parents recognized that. And they said, uh, what, what's going on? And, and why, why are you boys... Uh, why are our sons, why, why are you so troubled? Why are you so quiet? Why are your faces uh, so depressed? And, and they said, well, here's what we saw. And they told their parents about watching this old gray-haired man be mm. beat literally to death, uh, bleeding on the floor. Uh, and they murdered him. They, and, and, and when they asked their superiors why, they said, well, he, he's one of these followers of Jesus. And he was leading uh, some people in his house uh, uh, in, in worship. I don't know exactly the words that they use, but they say we found him leading a, a group of believers and we put all the rest of them uh, in, in an internment place. And, and, and for him as leader, mm. we decided he, he wasn't going to live. And, and so we, uh, we got everything we needed to know about the situation, but uh, uh uh, he's dead, and, and they killed him. And his mom and dad looked at each other. And they sort of nodded. And with, you can't, um, well, maybe you can imagine how serious this was when they turned back to their three sons who were security police and said to them, boys, uh, we haven't told you something for all of your lives, but now is the time for us to tell you. Now, I'm not sitting in judgment over them. I'm not judging the morality of the situation because like I said, this is the most demonic place on earth. And you, 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 your children know your faith and know and listen to your prayers and singing. And they go to a state school. Those teachers every day mm. are trying to get right. that kind of stuff out of students. So every parent has to find the medium a place that they're comfortable with because do you let your children grow up not knowing Jesus or do you let them know Jesus at what age so that they don't betray you either as a young child in class and and you say yes we sing these songs at home and uh, my daddy or my mama says this prayer in this person's name at home or or you do it with your teenagers and and, and teenagers sometimes get anger at their parents and, and, and they could expose them. So these parents, for whatever reason, have chosen mm -hmm. not to tell their three sons. 
And those three boys became security police. And they said, boys, you need to know uh, we're followers of Christ. And mm. your grandfather was a pastor. And uh, about the time that you were born, your grandfather was arrested and taken to that very security police installation. And they tortured him and beat him and killed him. And what you watched uh, like 30 some years into the future, what had happened was happening. And what you watched in reality, in, in, in well, not in reality, and not, but right. not just symbolically, but what you watched decades apart was your grandfather mm. being killed for his faith. And they shared Christ for the first time, the faith of their grandfather mm. and what happened to their grandmother and what happened to family members. And, and I can't explain that. I can't unpack that anymore without giving stuff away. And uh, the, 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 wow. the boys uh, believed in Jesus. Three, I mean, here they are in their 30s and early 30s and late 30s, three brothers, and, and they believe in Christ. And uh, mm. they immediately fled the country. Because I'm not, I mean, as a security policeman yourself, you can imagine uh, your torture would be long and it'd be hard and they'd keep you alive as long as they could. They bring doctors in mm. and get you well so they can do it all over again. And so these three brothers had fled and these believers that were working with me had met them in this transition, refugee, whatever this thing is called. I, I don't know what it's called and, 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 uh, uh, and was uh, going to get their story. By the way, by the way, I, I interviewed a family from that place. And they told me when they got together, they, they, they never would worship, not even with their extended family, wow. just with their own family. And this one family of four, father and mother and children, they would quietly tell their children of appropriate age a Bible story. And then Anthony, when they wanted to sing their praise songs or their old hymns uh, uh, to Jesus, and to Almighty God, they would pull their four chairs together and their 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 eight knees would touch one another uh, uh, and, and, and they would mouth the words of their hymns and praise song, but they wouldn't mm. let any song, sound come out. Because if their singing voices went through the paper thin walls of an apartment or through the windows or or the door of a standalone house, and any neighbor was to hear that, a security police would be at their house before the sun set, and that whole family and more mm -hmm. bad things would happen to them because they were singing praises. So they sing, they sing with their knees touching, with their mouths moving, wow. but they don't allow any sound to come out. That's where these that that's where all of these generations wow. of stories take place. And the problem is what has happened and what happened, you know, for 30 or 40 years before these three security policemen were finally told by their parents what happened to their grandfather, mm -hmm. what has happened is still happening. Right. This story is in present active tense. And, and, and so they went home troubled and, and parents asked them what's wrong and, and uh, they, they told them about their faith and they told them about how their grandfather uh, was, was arrested, tortured and martyred mm. just for leading a, uh, his family in worship. And, and these sons and grandsons of believing parents and grandparents believed also and they had to flee. Now, I'm, I'm piecing together their story over three to six three, four, five, six nights. I don't remember how long it was, but it, it was less than a week. And so uh, after, after having the guys that are working with me uh, pulling their stories out of them, then they would go out and, and set with one or brother or, or whatever uh, uh, brothers they felt like they could do it, whether they could do three or two or one uh, and meet them uh, clandestinely. And, and, and each night they would come and, and, and to 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock at night, they would tell me what they heard and, and they would 
help each other build the story. And I would say, uh, now this is what's still missing. Uh, if it's safe, uh, can you go back and lead them and, and try to get this and this and this narrative from them? And, and so we can uh, learn from them and, and, and pray for them and, and, and also know how God and evil is still fighting this battle out in one of the uh, worst of places. And, and, um, uh, and, and so I, I, I did that for, you know, those four or five, I don't know how many nights, but about the seventh night that I was there and, and these three guys that were going back and forth, uh, living somewhere else, but they're going from my hotel uh, where I was staying and, and going back and, and, and going where uh, this transition place was or refugee camp was. And uh, they were with me and, uh, and they were telling me uh, who they wanted to talk to, where they wanted to go. And in my mm. hotel room, the phone rang. Now, you know, it could be a manager calling up, asking me how the hotel is and if the food's all right, if I needed anything. But I, uh, I, I answered the phone and, and there was mm. nobody there. And I just kept saying, hello, can I help you? And, 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 and there was nothing. And so I didn't wait for people, for whoever was there to hang up. I just hung up and, uh, you know, just sort of weird. And so we went on and, and, and talked and about 15 minutes wow. later, the phone rang again. And, and I answered it. There's nobody there. And no one will say, I say, hello, uh, it, 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 do I need to come and, and talk with you? What, what's going on? And, and, and these guys are looking at each other and, and there's fear on their face. And, and so I hung up and 30 minutes later, I got a third phone call. Hmm. Now the guys are taking the lamps apart. They're turning uh, uh, coffee tables upside down. They're looking behind uh, uh, pictures that are screwed into the wall, right. you know, framed framed pictures. They're, they're looking under the sinks. They're, they're looking for listening devices or whatever, recording things. And, and, uh, and, and after that third one, after that third unanswered, well, I answered it, but with no response on the other end, uh, and I hung up the phone, they said, uh, that's either somebody that has watched what we're doing and knows what we're doing and is sympathetic to what we're doing and they're calling to warn us, but they're not going to let their mm -hmm. voice be on any kind of thing. And, and, and uh, or either that's just the Holy Spirit finding a way to use the telephone to tell us that uh, uh, we need to make a different plan. And, and so we talked that real quietly. And those guys said, listen, we're going to take this however it came, whether that was somebody or whether that was God himself making the phone ring. We're going to take that as the Holy Spirit telling us uh, uh, we've got to stop. And so we're going to disappear. We're going to go our separate ways. Uh, we're going to go and stay in places and, and keep a low profile. And I said, well, that sounds like a smart thing to me. And I'll just uh, change my flight and fly out. Mm. They said, no, you won't. That's the worst thing you could do. We want you to uh, right now. We're going to assume Either that was God or that was somebody warning us because uh, you all are being followed or, or somebody's been followed or somebody's being listened to. And so we want you to stay another whole week and just go with wow. the tourist group and play a tourist. And let anybody, anybody that's interested in you, let them see you, let them hear you. Uh, uh, you talk and, and tell your story to anybody that will listen as, as you tag on to tour groups mm -hmm. or uh, uh, go shopping at places where they on the border where they fail, sell things for tourists that come from inside the country and, and in the next country. And, and that's what I did for seven days. I, I just, right. you know, I know how to be a tourist. And, and I, I just did that and found every place that I could go. Um, and other places, some people that are working, uh, uh, you know, two or three countries away. Uh, and, and, and I meet and stay with them for five days and do five days of training with them uh, for in order that they could work more wisely in places like this. But two years after I was with those three guys uh, in uh, that hotel, 
and, and one of them was a, a dual nationality, uh, but he was working uh, on on the border uh, with some believers, wow. and he disappeared. And he's gone for six months. And then he shows up again. And and he's just walking in the street mm. of the city that I'm in. And so people that knew him and recognized him went and, and went up to him and began talking to him. And he didn't know who he was oh, and couldn't no. tell them his name. Mm. And there was not a mark on his body. There was not a scar. There's not a bruise. There's nothing on his body. But he mm. had been wiped clean. They knew that he was taken. They knew that he was across the border in, in that other country. And when he was released, uh, wow. uh, there was nobody home. Wow. And I haven't heard uh, anything different uh, uh, about that uh, uh, since then. And, and so, um, you know, I did everything that a tourist was supposed to do. I did everything uh, that I could to keep those in the story safe. But the, uh, like I said, uh, the best thing that they told me was not to, to leave and, and, mm -hmm. and, and not keep my reservation. Uh, just keep my, you know, just go and eat where tourists eat and, and go look where tourists look. And, and uh, uh, that's what I did. And if anything, Anthony, the situation in country is worse now than it was when I was next door right. and it was really bad there. Uh, and you know, one of the things that Westerners and people that report can't stand is not to have yep. something to report. And when I talk to people near culture Christians, and I talk to people interested in this country, they, uh, uh, and, I, and they begin to tell me, well, inside the countries, there's this many churches and there are this many believers. Sure. And I can't imagine that it's true. But what I, what I did is, is I took the information that they told me and wrote it down. And then I went and did research and found out the same numbers they quoted to me from different, you know, different parts of the body trying to work in and out of this country are the same statistics that you find in the 1950s. You see, uh, our oldest son works with NASA. And, and I can brag because <laughs> he didn't get that from me. He's an astrophysicist looking into black holes. And they can't look into black holes. The only way they measure the size of black holes mm. is by how much they eat. And if I've got this right, if a star, a sun, a planet gets within 30 million miles of a black hole, it's so dense and its gravitational pull is so great, it pulls and eats those stars and wow. suns and planets. And our sun is part of a team that's trying to develop stuff that could look inside of that. And even now, uh, they don't know everything. But the galaxies they can see, this is almost brand new, uh, is that they, they, it might be that a black hole mm. is at the center of every galaxy. Incredible. And how they start, where they came from, there <laughs> are theories, but there is no uh, definitive answer. Uh, and, and so what they do, though, they let a black hole be a black hole. And when I ask questions about it, and they say, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Did, did you know that as far as astrophysics come, uh, uh, I listened to a guy on NPR uh, who was an astrophysicist who also studies black holes. And the lady was asking really penetrating questions. And, and he said to her, listen, let me stop you. When it comes to the universe, as astrophysicists, we know 6% mm of what goes on in the universe and 94% wow. is don't know. Don't know. Now they make some pretty strong <laughs> statements based right. on that 6%. Mm -hmm. 
But that's what you've got to allow happen is you've got to let don't know be don't know and not fill it in with numbers and experiences that you can't verify and you shouldn't verify. And if you can right. verify them, right. you shouldn't report them. You, 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 if anything, it's worse now and you have all the information that you need. You can read books. And again, I'm not, it's not because I want to sell more books, but you can read uh, or listen to The Insanity of God. And it will give you uh, modern day stories uh, 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 of the former Soviet Union and places that we can tell. It will give you the results of hundreds of stories of what will, is going on in persecution. And though gathering those stories now, is two decades uh, plus old, uh, mm. those stories haven't changed. Just the location and the names and the players have changed. And sometimes the borders uh, shift a little bit. And so you can find organizations. Now, you don't want those who are trying to raise a lot of money. Listen, I, I, if, you, if you're tied to an organization that basically is using the persecuted church to raise a lot of money, and trying to rescue them, and they're trying to make you feel sorry for them and extract them, wow. uh, I'd walk away from them. I, I don't want to take believers away, and 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 what few, what 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 God has gone to resurrection extremes to raise up believers in that country. Uh, why why mm. would I want to remove them? Jesus said, "When persecution is coming upon mm. you, flee to America." No, no. No. He said, flee. You don't have to stay there and die, but you go to the next city and you go to the next town and you go to the next village and you don't leave your people mm. without a witness. When one country, when, when, when their political situation changed oh, overnight, we lived there. And, and they were locked out of the mission world. Mm -hmm. If you know your history, you know where I'm talking about. Since 1948, they were locked out of the mission world. They were boycotted. And so when, when their, their racist type of government was dissolved almost overnight, uh, they reentered uh, uh, that mission world. And in some places, they did a really good job. In one country, uh, there were around uh, 38 leaders that God had raised up over two decades or more in that country. And these folks who re-entered the mission world after being absent uh, for more than half of a century uh, were so moved by their stories, so broken by their stories, they rescued 30 of those 38 mm. pastors and took them to their own country. It killed the work. Those working there had to start over because of our tender hearts, because of our desire. Anthony, we don't want anybody else to suffer more than we're willing to suffer for wow. Jesus ourselves. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's the crux of the matter. Hmm. That's, that's the American church in a lot of ways. It's become a non-suffering church. And, and, and rather than being a witness to government, we want to often partner with government so we can reduce uh, what we think is wrong in our country and, and, and what should be solved by prayer, fasting, and witness. We want to pass laws. And, and I'm not saying that in all these situations there shouldn't be uh, some laws against it, but I'm saying that uh, it's not up to government to solve a uh, country's uh, uh, problems. You get the country you deserve. You get the country that you pray for, witness wow. to, and fast over. That's so true. You get the country. You get the country as a Christian you deserve by witnessing, by mm. praying, and by fasting to the up and out and the down and out. And your partner is with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and with those who follow the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
and believe in the resurrected Lord. And, and so you can go, and, and, and what I would suggest, if you want to understand what places are like that we talked about today, uh, go read Daniel. Hmm. Go, go read, read Daniel's story. Read, read the story of Esther, who put her life on the line. Read about Paul and Silas. Hmm. Read about Peter in, in prison. Read uh, 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 about Stephen uh, and his stoning. Uh, uh, read, read their 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 stories, and 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 you will know what's going on in the world today. If you will pray through the persecution stories of the Bible, and you'll pray through what it's like to be Abraham and his family, hmm. the only ones who are right. following the true God, you'll know what it's like to be in the Old Testament environment. Esther knew what that was like. Daniel knew what that was like. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew what that was like. David knew what that was like. And so the the answer became for the Jews, rather than reaching mm. their neighbors, was to conquer wow. their neighbors and to go into kingdom building where uh, they could be known for the might of their arms, the might of their shields, uh, of their spears and their swords. And, and, and then here you've got Jesus comes mm. along and says it's not working. And in Matthew 10, he pushes a reset button and he says, I'm sending wow. you out as sheep among wolves. No longer are you going to be defined by the uh, sword and shield in your hand. No longer are you going to be defined by the stones in your, your sling. No longer are you going to be found, defined by the priests and the might and the wealth of your temple and, 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 and the effectiveness of your government. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sending Amen. you out as sheep among wolves. Now, a culture like ours that have become sheep among sheep, it frightens us, alarms us, and honestly breaks our heart when we find those biblical stories true today in the persecuted church and our, 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 our end result is we want to rescue them right. and get them out. Well, then you leave a greater darkness behind and if possible, a blacker hole spiritually uh, than uh, mm. you, you had before. I, I want our listeners to think on this as they worship in their buildings and their churches this coming Lord's Day. Or maybe you're in a house group, in a restricted access uh, people group or, or country, or, or you're an, an embattled team and uh, you, you're just praying that you can see uh, the way that I believe it should be done. Uh, your first family uh, come to Christ and you're, you're not there yet. You're still sort of in a, a pre-evangelism stage and you've yet to see uh, uh, one Cornelius and their household, one Philippian jailer in the household, one Crispus, one Lydia and her household uh, come to Christ. And, and maybe you're, you're in these really tough situations. Uh, well, just, a, just a, a Holy Spirit. I started to say a casual reading, but just a, 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 with intention reading of the Bible, you're right. going to find your situation there. And, and, and you're, it's going to hold up a mirror to your soul and, and, and let you look at yourself and say, uh, be like this, become like this, and, and know that the epitome of, of what you're looking at when you look in that mirror is that, that you, you see yourself well enough that that mirror clears up, becomes a window, and you see the risen Lord, and you know that your job is in family units and extended family units is to share just just like you share your own story and your own family story the life and and and, and the trial and the death betrayal death and resurrection of mm. jesus you just tell that story you tell it in season and, and you tell it out of season but right now if you want to know what it's like in the worst places on the planet 
read your Bible and spend some time. If you want to know why we're doing what we're doing, uh, read Hebrews right. 11. And it talks about those who were delivered and those who were rescued. And it told mm -hmm. those who were sown in half and those who were devoured by wild animals. And some of the most horrible things were done to them in, 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 in arenas. And, and, and yet, except in a few cases, it doesn't name any of them. I never thought about that. It names some of them, but it doesn't hmm. name most of them. And so every situation that's going on in persecution today, except uh, it, it, what you're going to get in Hebrews 11 is those who are rescued and those who died and went to heaven and, and went in, in, in obedience to their faith and, 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 and like their baptism represented uh, that, that their lives were buried and, and, and they were risen into a new life in Christ. And, and Paul says it so eloquently uh, to be absent from the body is to be present right. with the Lord. Be present with the Lord. And, and so today I've told 65, 70% hmm. of the story of the location that we've been talking about. And it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. And, and, and yet, those of you who are geographically a people group and spiritually not just wise, but you have educated yourself, uh, you're going to be able to figure out perhaps what country uh, or location that we've been talking about or you're going to be able to tell mm. yourself, well, this is wow. like my country. This, this is, this is, this is happening where I live because I, I can, I can tell you another country near where we lived uh, in Africa. That's just right. like this country yeah. is not worse. It, 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 it's, it's, it's not worse because mm. it doesn't have the weapons and it doesn't have the ability to cause harm. Uh, to anyone That's except right. its nearest neighbors. So it's very demonic itself. And I've been inside. I've been from one end uh, with my wife, one end of the country to the other, uh, north to south, east to west. And it was bad then, mm. but I don't think I can get in now. It's hard it's to worse imagine. Now. It's worse now. And, and that's why you've got to be careful a lot of times telling stories because what if, uh, uh, you you tell all of these stories, and then right. someone like Putin comes back. Our 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 history uh, circles back around, and and you mm. get what you used to have. And that's why in the Soviet Union, a lot of the parents never told their children what they were going through because they didn't want to emotionally scar them, didn't want to hurt them, didn't want to upset them, but wanted to protect them from knowing the stories because now that things were easing up, they just That's said, right. we don't know that it's not coming back. That's right. Well, in some places it's come back. It's come back. And so you're always in that tension of how do you lead your children to the throne of grace and how do you keep them safe from what they might say outside of your home, outside of your house church, outside of your church building, and therefore, how can you keep other people safe through what your children know and what mm. age should they be able to know it? What, what age of discernment is necessary to carry information that might get their parents or their extended family or other people persecuted, beaten, right. jailed, and killed? But one of the stories, one of the things that we want to take away from today is the absolute bedrock truth that God never leaves mm, himself amen. without a witness. And he's always a witness to himself. But generally, when God is left alone in a place where there's not a single verse of the Bible, 
where there's not a single worker, not a single spiritual song, not a single body of Christ in any form or formation. Uh, there are always believers there because God is always calling Abraham to himself. He's always calling up an Ezekiel and Isaiah. He's always talking up, uh, you know, getting up uh, whatever, old, uh, Job, whatever old figure, Old Testament believing figure that you want. He's always calling people to himself, but still it's overwhelming right. darkness. And, and it is a uh, emotional, spiritual uh, battle every day. And oftentimes mm. forced upon you a physical battle if you're a local person in a local situation. And so I, I want you to, I want our listeners to take to heart how one family story ended up spanning three generations. Wow. And I want them to take from the story that what we said, what I said the other day to my wife, she wrote down. I don't know if I said it to you, or I said it on the last podcast, I'm going to say it again, probably over and over again. We dare not hold a Bible in past tense when persecutions right. in present That's active right. tense. If Satan is doing everything that Satan has ever done to suppress the kingdom of God, and he will he will sacrifice any part of his body in mm. order to protect his own kingdom. And Jesus gives his body in order to extend God's kingdom. That spiritual war has mm. not lessened one degree. And so be encouraged. God is working in hard places. Uh, study your scriptures and you'll know how to pray for believers in persecution. And then occasionally find things that others have written that are secure enough and are written with the intent of honoring believers in persecution, extending and deepening the kingdom of God, uh, not just driven by other factors. And, and, and mm. the only reason you don't know what's going on among believers in persecution today is that's right. That's you right. Don't read your Bible. Mm. and read it in present active tense. So, Anthony, uh, we've talked about a lot of things. This is a story that I've held close uh, for over two decades, and I'm still holding a lot of it for close. Sure. And, and, um, but this is a place that uh, seldom mm. a day goes by that I don't pray for. Wow. You know, Nick, it, it reminds me, you said this in a previous podcast before, uh, and you, you mentioned it at different times when you, when you teach and when you have conversations with people, but um, kind of goes back to what we talked about, even from the, the beginning, what are the parameters and the timeframes and things like that. Uh, one of the things that is really helpful to, to listeners, I think, as you process the stories, we go through the Old Testament, New Testament stories that bring alive what God is doing even today and what Satan is doing even today is to not give the persecutors more information and tools than they, than they need. And I think that's a really, uh, it's just a really good principle for us to, to walk away with as we, uh, as we think about this story. And as you share this story, uh, we don't want to give the persecutors more tools than what they need to, to use surgical precision for persecution, but also uh, it, it's just a good reminder to us of how present active not only the persecution is, but how present active God is. He's still in this story. He is still working. And uh, it, it's just, wow, it's just it's a powerful story and uh, a great reminder to us that, like you just said, um, read the Bible in present active tense. Well, I've been around long enough. We've been around long enough, Anthony, that uh, for most of the travel in 80 countries, 72 of them, believers in persecution, uh, it was just toward the wow. end that we had email. And it was just toward the very end that I could call mm. home. I never could text. 
And so I used to say to people, what you don't do right. is let Satan right. read your mail. That's how old I am. Now, who mails? Who ma- you know how many letters we get to, from people Maybe that a are under 50? <laughs> <If any. laughs> we, get thank you, we get thank you notes for gifts, graduation gifts, mm. wedding gifts, wow. things like that. that, that that's, that's it. But our inbox is full. Texts text come regularly. Uh, but uh, technology that's has right. really served the bad guys well. I mean, uh, I, we went to 72 countries because we used a pen name uh, to write and, and uh, to re- back then write articles about. But now with face recognition software, uh, it, it's, That's right. it's a whole new ballgame. Man, it, uh, yeah, I know it's totally off topic, but it, it gives another challenge for God to, to equip us to overcome uh, in these next years of work in some of these really dark spiritual black holes. For sure, but but though but though the again the tools change that the church the, those who follow Christ can use and the bad guys use the That's essence right. of the faith remains. And Paul would say to us today in this interview, "I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live." Because of mm. the Jesus that lives in me. Amen. Amen. That's a great way to land. Let us hear. Let us let us hear from you, and even more. Uh, we don't. If I had a choice between hearing from listeners and listeners telling other people uh, to listen mm. on the podcast, I would take That's the right. latter part. That's right. Well, Nick, thank you for sharing that uh, that story, and thank you for. Uh, giving us insight, giving us tools, giving us practical tools that we can use. Uh, but also we, as we pray for our, uh, our listeners, as you take this and process this yourself and share the, the podcast with others, we, we want you to ask the question ultimately, uh, where am I in the story? In this present active God, in this present active story, where am I? Where am I going to be obedient? Where is God commanding me to go? And what am I going to do? Yeah, and it's like, I, I said at the beginning, it's like deja vu all over again. Just so is. It's not deja vu. It, it just, it's what's always happening. You know, you're not working on a memory. Uh, what you're doing is using a memory uh, to get you to the next situation. That's right. The next That's situation, right. Next situation. Well, Nick, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for uh, sharing your insight. And uh, I look forward to hearing from listeners how God is impacting you through this and maybe what uh, you are going to do in response to God's word and his commandment to go uh, to all the nations and even these spiritual black holes. Uh, thank you for joining us today. This has been Witness and Persecution with Nick and Ruth Ripkin. If you'd like more information about our ministry, including how to support us, how to support this podcast, more resources and uh, more information for you to continue your journey of obedience with Jesus, you can go to www.nickripkin.com. Again, you can go to our website, www.nickripkin.com. Thanks for being with us, and we'll be with you next time.